Welcome to Too Old for TikTok, the podcast where two 30-year-olds guide you through the latest trends, creators, and stories from the TikTok universe. I'm Melissa Rosen. And I'm Dina Greenbaum. Somebody come get them. They're too old for TikTok. Somebody come get them. They're too old for TikTok. Alex Batiglio is the social media and community manager at Daredrop, a company in the gaming space where creators complete dares to reward their fans. He's been growing Dare Drops TikTok over the past six months to over 23,000 followers. Welcome to Too Old for TikTok, Alex. Hi, thank you for having me. Please explain what Dare Drop is and what you do for them. Sure. Daredrop is an engagement and monetization platform for streamers and video game publishers. So we bridge the gap between publishers that want to get their games out to a large audience and uh, streamers that stream it for a large audience. Generally, publishers don't see a great return when they're trying to buy ads to sell their games. It doesn't motivate a lot of um, purchases um, and it it can just be really hard to get a return on that sort of investment. We put their hands in the games of streamers, and then if streamers complete the in-game challenges that we create for them, then they get additional rewards. So it's a, um, you know, streamers get free copies of games to play, and then they can give away extra free stuff to their chat when they win things by completing stuff in the game. So things like beat the boss of this level without taking any damage, or... Come, you know, finish this race in under five minutes, something to that effect. It creates a lot of engagement in the chat because they've got skin in the game. They can potentially win something. And you create this content structure of, you know, benchmarks, like we're trying to accomplish this, right? Each each stream has a set of goals. And so um, we're simultaneously trying to grow our creator audience and our publisher audience. And as they both grow, both audience becomes more and more interested in working working with us. So the platform is a very exciting thing for creators and um, the recent growth that we've had, um, I think speaks to the level of interest. Yeah, definitely. And what's specifically your job for the company? So my position is social media and community manager. Uh, it ends up being a pretty sprawling list of responsibilities um, as is pretty typical in the marketing world wearing a lot of hats and such. I spend quite a bit of time focusing on TikTok as our primary growth platform. So when I had started the TikTok, our TikTok account existed and I think there might have been, I think it was less than a hundred followers at that point. And so that was in April and trying to develop a voice, some level of consistency in, in the content that we're creating. And then you know, so we just recently struck a chord. You know, we got verified on TikTok a couple of weeks ago, and then we had some very successful content at TwitchCon, um, the big streaming conference in San Diego. So as TikTok goes, that you sort of just follow, you know, if you have your viral moment, that that's like, okay, this is what we do now. And so we're, we're very much caught up in that. So like I, I had last spoke to you, we were at 23,000 followers we're at 28,000 followers now that things are very have accelerated over the last couple of weeks for us 
That's great. Yeah, I love talking to you because I myself am not in the gaming space or on the gaming side of TikTok, but know that that's really huge. I mean, my knowledge of gaming goes to like Nintendo and Mario Kart. Um, so I know that this yeah. world exists and there's, you mentioned TwitchCon and there's all of these conferences and things where all these, not audience members, I would call them gamers come together and you're building this community and your company fits within this community. So it makes sense that TikTok is the perfect place to grow your audience and expose your brand to new people. So I'm interested, how did you get involved in TikTok even before Daredrop or did you specifically get on TikTok because of Daredrop and because you're growing this audience and community? So my exposure to TikTok preceded uh, Daredrop by about six months. I don't know if you recall last year, the big outage that Facebook and Instagram WhatsApp had where it was like two days and there was like panic across the social media world. I felt it. Yeah, uh, for sure. I was working with another company in the gaming space and I had been considering getting into TikTok for a while. And then when that happened, I was like, where all of our success were on these other social platforms. I was afraid everybody was going to leave. I, I thought this could have been the end of Facebook because that was like Mark Zuckerberg was like testifying. They had the major outage. It all looked like it was going to fall apart. So I decided to just take the plunge. I was very hesitant about TikTok, but then um, I'd pro been producing content for the other social media channels and just decided, okay, let me just take all the things that I've done. And that, you know, I have this like bank of content that I can feed into TikTok, we'll see how it does. And then maybe I can tailor some content, start playing with the editing. And uh, that was my first foray into it and it took off. I didn't actually spend much time learning how to use the interface. I was just uploading already made content and just publishing it as is essentially. And it did very, very well. This was with a contract position I did from February to February. And then this channel that I built was able to get the attention of Daredrop, who was looking to build their own channel. And uh, the rest is history. Got it. So Daredrop saw how well you were doing in the TikTok space and thought, oh, this could be helpful for my brand and my company. And yeah. there you it are. It essentially served yeah. as its own uh, resume or proof of uh, concept for my ability to reach uh, uh, an audience on TikTok. Sure, yeah. The videos that you do that have performed super well are you ask people at a conference, rate your gaming knowledge on a scale from one to 10, and then you ask them questions and see if they know the answer. And you're holding a sign that says, you know, you'll get $5 for answering these questions. And I personally think those videos do so well because everyone in the comments guesses who's going to do well, who's not going to do well. You see, you know, people are different fans of, of everyone you speak to. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about how you kind of figured out that that would work? And then where do you see that going in the future? So the five, five questions, $5 format is not something that I've innovated myself. I'm not sure if yeah. you've seen that format in other uh, genres. Um, I've seen mm -hmm. it done on a uh, general level where it's just people asking, you know, not any, any type of question in particular or to any particular audience. They'll just go somewhere busy and ask them what continent is a country, you know, and just random geography, history, pop culture type questions. Uh, and the format seems to have done quite well. 
I think, especially on TikTok, I think in social media in general, but especially on TikTok, people want something that is genuine. They want human moments. So, mm-hmm. um, hey, here's a person. Here's them being put on the spot. Let's see how they handle it. You know, get the game show format's been around forever, but sort of taking that, shoehorning it into this these quick moment, quick human moments, and stringing them together, editing it pretty creatively, um, that you get something that gets people to watch. So that is always the bottom line with the content that we produce is constantly reassessing every few minutes. Is this going to make people stop and watch? Are they going to finish? Are they going to stop scrolling? You know, they're going to give us three seconds to hook them. Can we get them in those three seconds? And then are, are we going to retain them? So this is definitely some of our longer content, but it's performed very, very well. Um, and it is definitely something we've decided to make a fixture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of your other content, you show people gaming, and I think you you put your spin on it, and obviously incorporate the brand into that. What are your plans for for doing those types of videos in the future? Yeah, the, our edit style is definitely. Um, I think that constitutes a majority of our what I would call our voice. That humor runs through everything that we do. I think is a great starting point for for creating viral content. I think humor is a great thing that people like to, they relate to and they want to share. When you get someone to get, you know, if they belly laugh at your stuff, there's a high chance that they're going to want their friends to share in that moment. So mm-hmm. it can be hard when you produce content that you get and get so into it that when it's done, like, is this actually funny? You can't really see the forest through the trees, but always trying to keep that, you know, central to what we do, Re- stop, reassess, take some distance, you know, maybe sleep on it, look at it first thing in the morning. And if I laugh, then, you know, taking taking content clips from members in different gaming communities and edit, oh, this would be great with this clip from this movie or this song, you know, that you can fold in in a creative way. It'll catch people off guard and it, it only serves to elevate that content. So yeah, people really enjoy it. And when we edit completed dares when people are using our platform and then we find a moment that would do well you know with a with a simple edit that makes for great tiktok content too so we kill two birds with one stone that way yeah absolutely there's one video you show someone playing a game and forgive me i don't know most of the games that are new these days but uh so you see someone playing the game and then you intercut with groot or you intercut with spongebob or something Mm -hmm. so it's that like polar opposite kind of thing that I think it's like a shock value, but also does really well because it is funny, even to me as someone who is not familiar with what necessarily they're actually playing. And I, I think that the fact that I do all of the editing outside the platform also is a refreshing thing. People are used to seeing edits a certain way and style because almost everyone is editing inside the platform uh, mm-hmm. and it creates a, a, a certain look and feel to it where ours is very different. I'm not definitely not a professional editor and I kind of lean into the janky rough edges. I don't, you know, it kind of lends itself to the humor of it all, Mm -hmm. that the whole thing is meant to be fun and fast. And uh, sometimes if it, you know, leaning into a sloppiness kind of reinforces the tone of it all. So yeah, the, I dabbled a little bit with like text to speech, like some of the TikTok features. 
I wondered if the text in the video using the platform made it more searchable. There were a lot of things that I considered about the implications of editing off the platform, and I'm not sure if you guys have any experience with that or if that's been a topic, but that's definitely something that we've considered. It doesn't seem to have impacted us negatively. I think it's been a pro for us, but still to, to be determined, I think. Yeah, I think it works for your niche and, and I think for, you know, for a different niche, you know, something totally different works. So keep doing what you're doing. It's obviously growing and exponentially, which is amazing. You are in the gaming and streaming niche on TikTok. Do you watch other videos in that niche to kind of get ideas or follow trends? And can you talk to me a little bit about that? side of TikTok. We always like to talk about side of TikTok. So this is the first time we'll be talking about the gaming side of TikTok. So love to hear more about it. Yeah, the, the gaming side of TikTok is, is pretty unique um, because uh, how familiar are you with Twitch itself, the, the, the primary streaming p platform for gaming? So I know Twitch is used for gamers to connect with each other as they're playing live. So you're basically watching someone playing a video game and you can mm -hmm. talk to that person, interact and talk to other people. So it's like a chat room, but for video games. How, how did I do? Not bad. Not bad. I th think okay. that's a, <laughs> that is actually a pretty, uh, a, a, a not bad summation of what Twitch is. YouTube is trying to get in the space the same way they are with TikTok, where they're essentially just trying to like, we want it, we can do that too. Mm -hmm. And you can stream on YouTube. They have a chat feature, but Twitch is still the gorilla in the room. The com the gaming community lives on Twitch. The big issue that Twitch has is discoverability. And so they've just updated their terms of service. It was that if you stream on Twitch, if you're a, a partner, you make an agreement that you will not, that you have ex exclusivity. You have to stream through Twitch. You can't stream through other platforms. With their recent terms of service update, mobile first platforms like TikTok are allowed. So you can not only stream on TikTok, but you can stream at the same time. And mm. so going live, like this is a huge thing that we're playing with right now is building your audience on TikTok, trying to bring them over to your Twitch. And then when you get large enough to get a stream key, uh, I'm not, uh, again, the, the going live side of TikTok is very interesting. If you get a stream key, you can plug that into your desktop and stream from your desktop versus streaming straight from your phone. So uh. the go live, everybody gets that when you hit, I think, a thousand uh, followers. Mm -hmm. The stream key is a kind of a black box. They give keys to agencies and then the agencies will hand them out to creators that they think are going to get a lot of watch hours so it's um you can use a piece of software called obs that will you know the regular 16 by 9 for twitch output is different than the portrait output 16 by 9 so you can use a piece of software that will you know it'll put my webcam at the top in the center and gameplay will be in the middle and my logo will be at the bottom versus on twitch it'll be a completely different the same elements just laid out differently for that format but the, the, the rush for people now that essentially Twitch has given everyone the green light, where they essentially wave the white flag and say, we don't care. We're not going to emphasize discoverability. 
if you want to find an audience, go to do that on TikTok, and then and to just go ahead and go crazy. But simultaneously, TikTok is trying to capture that live streaming audience at the same time. So it's a very interesting balancing act, uh, multi-streaming between two different platforms, and um, people taking their streaming content and then, okay, how do I produce the short form version of this? So for us, you know, to have this sort of growth, we're doing a lot of work with creators where we're trying to educate them as to the value. Like if you stream for three hours, you should give yourself 30 minutes to go over and try to pull some short form stuff. So, you know, if growth is a priority, here's how we do it. And so we're having a lot of success with that and, you know, building a stable of creators uh, that we call daredevils and empowering them to uh, grow their audience through TikTok. So that's incredible. So basically these Twitch stars, I don't know, is there a word for like a celebrity on Twitch? Um, yeah, I, I mean, nothing in particular. When you reach a certain size, you get you get offered partner and that's when they give partner. you up a, a profit share. So, gotcha. um, you know, partners can be as small as, you know, only having a few dozen average concurrent viewers up to having tens of thousands of concur right. average concurrent viewers but there are twitch celebrities yeah. that are known all over the place that represent the point zero 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 one percentage of streamers i think something like 98 percent of streamers average fewer than five concurrent viewers so it's very mm -hmm. much a top heavy curve when you when you map it all out Gotcha. So not maybe these partners, um, maybe not ones that are even so famous. They all benefit from actually being on TikTok and going live and then eventually getting this golden key that you talk about, which I find fascinating. I think it's like Willy Wonka's like golden ticket, it sounds like, if you want to become profitable and find your audience in the gaming world. The fact that TikTok is now caught on to this and Twitch is just saying, yeah, go grow your audience through TikTok. It's really exciting. I think that, you know, it just shows the growth of TikTok. And I mean, this gaming world that now uh, in the past, you know, the 20 minutes we've been talking, I've learned more about than, you know, probably ever in my life, but it, it's very fascinating. Yeah, I think the, the adjustment to Twitch's terms of service, uh, the growth of TikTok is undeniable. That The fact that it's the shortest distance between you being unknown and you going viral is, mm -hmm. you know, I've seen you guys talk about that, that shortcut to virality just doesn't exist anywhere else. It's very special to TikTok. Uh, to some degree, you know, Instagram and YouTube are trying to do their version of it, but e even where people have success, it doesn't seem to be, the highs don't seem to be as high as they are with TikTok. I'm not sure if that's your experience. Mm -hmm but you've talked to a lot more creators across different genres. So I'm, I'm really curious about that, actually. It absolutely is because you can have your viral video and gain tens of thousands of followers from one video. And that just was not happening on Instagram. Reels is trying to do it, but at the level, you know, the algorithm of TikTok is built so it can get in front of people that think that they would like your videos or your audience. And if you have this specific niche, it goes out to so much more people and it's just a, the fastest, it is the fastest way to grow. I mean, you constantly, and you know, we've talked to creators where they get, 
you know, hundreds and millions of followers on TikTok, but their Instagram is still maybe 30,000 or something like that. They can never sort of bridge that gap between them. Yeah, the it, it's interesting to see the, I feel like TikTok is a much more pure way to judge quality of content, that if it doesn't mm -hmm. do well, or if it, if it, the performance is on the, you know, if something underperforms, generally, it's for a reason. I've seen people take the same piece of content, upload it several times. It usually doesn't vary too much in its performance unless you're editing it. And that you can yeah. take something that doesn't perform well and re-edit it in a way that, boom, all of a sudden now it's resonating. And so it's really cool to see when people tinker with those things and something can become better and perform better. It's very odd to me to see videos that are, you know, will have had their moment and then tick the algorithm grabs it again, you know, just kind of like goes, mm -hmm. goes into the cupboard. We have a lot of people that need this kind of content and they just grab it. And then all of a sudden it's gone up another hundred thousand views where it's like, you, you think the algorithm might be done with it. It's a second cycle. Yeah. You don't see anything like that on Instagram, especially like Twitter. Mm -hmm. It's like, unless the surge is the surge, it's based on your audience that exists. And there's, there's no one, there's no algorithm that's there trying to get the best content out to the best, most targeted audience. So mm -hmm. in gaming, you know, when I look at other stuff for inspiration, I don't look at other gaming stuff. Well, I consume a lot of gaming stuff on TikTok. It's informative, but like five questions, win $5 and other, it's much more informative to me to see what works generally and then mm -hmm. give our gaming spin to it because we don't i don't want to win in gaming i want to win i want to get this in front of everyone so y yeah using what is just generally virally successful and and learning from that has been uh central to how we make content decisions yeah and what i find interesting is that you're kind of pushing these creators you talk to to use TikTok but you're also growing your own brand and this company's brand on TikTok. So it's kind of using tools like two ways. Mm. So you're growing a company in a way, you know, helping to grow this company while also using TikTok to help other people in this community grow their own audiences. Uh, and then they could look back to your TikTok and say, look how successful this is. This is obviously, you know, you practice what you preach. You see that you have over 28,000 followers. This stuff works. Uh, how does that translate business-wise for like conversions when you have this growth on, on TikTok? What have you seen? It's, it, it can be, this is gonna be a little bit of a long answer because we have to talk both about the creators that there's yep. a huge audience that I focus on primarily, and then there's the publishers that, and that's where the revenue comes from. So we're, right. we're, you know, our creators don't pay anything to use the platform, but by growing our creator base, that is how we're able to go to publishers and say we're going to get a lot of people to play your game. It's you know, publishers seeing our influence on TikTok, see that we're thought leaders, see that you know we we introduced a new feature recently where we make dares specific for the publishing on TikTok, where normally you complete a dare on twitch you clip it you submit that clip through the platform now we're creating dares that say you know in this golfing game we have uh when you miss a shot 
posted on TikTok with a Happy Gilmore clip. Why don't Why didn't you go to your home? Do you not you know Do you not want to go to your home? And so we had mm -hmm. a bunch of oh, that's great. <laughs> so we create this dare specific for the platform, and we essentially spoon feed the creative side as well to the creator. And they're actually seeing just kind of following our direction of in the, take A, add TikTok B, publish, and they're seeing great results just from that. You know, so we're leveraging it for the platform. But again, it, it's there's you know many things happening simultaneously. The creator is satisfying something that we're asking them to do. We provide them a reward. But then they're growing their own channel as a result. TikTok seems to love it. You know, the people viewing the content find it humorous, um, and it performs better than their average content. So, when the publishers see that that we're folding their game into TikTok, which a lot of the publishers are not playing in the space, right? So it's when we can create something that works for everyone involved it grows our brand it helps the creators grow it helps the publishers get like when you have that many wins it's just kind of a no-brainer so mm -hmm. we've proven the concept and now we're trying to apply it at scale yeah why are the publishers not utilizing TikTok? are they just kind of is it one of these industries that are kind of behind the times like i think of like the television industry is not caught up to how influential TikTok is. Is that what's going on there? Or what do you think's happening? It's it's one of those things where I think that they see the creators have such a grasp on TikTok where there's this great overlap between the age, the, the, the age of video game creators. And a lot of them are using TikTok that the publishers just want to offload all of that stuff to the creator audience that I think most, you know, where you you know, too old for TikTok, a lot of people who are higher ups, you know, just a few years before TikTok, you know, they don't want to change their whole business model to get in on what's hot. Um, I think that's a very uncomfortable thing. I'm sure you, I know you've seen a lot of people that are just so apprehensive to get involved, or they, they, they have this notion of what TikTok is, as, you know, I, ha I have kids, and I get, email i got an email a few weeks ago about a kid going to the hospital because they did the one chip challenge oh geez that's the spicy one chip challenge yes right? so but in the email they called it this viral tiktok like they mm. and it, the tone was just about how tiktok is so dangerous for our kids and it's i mean the, the one chip challenge been around for years like i remember right. them doing it on the news like years ago before i had before YouTube, right? Yeah. Before I'd ever touched TikTok, but uh, I think if you ask the average 30, 40 year old, they're going to have this negative outlook on what TikTok is. That it's a, um, you know, that it's. And for me, it's just this new representation of what the internet is. It's capable of so many things where people are really excited about it. But just like any other community on the internet, your, um, your TikToks, your Reddits, your Instagrams, Facebook, Vine, right? All these, all these platforms that capture people's attention. A certain percentage of the what's produced is going to be excellent and great and positive, and a certain percentage is going to be counterproductive and toxic. And um, but it's no different than any other platform that has come and gone on the internet. So I find it very interesting, but it's totally predictable that 
a lot of older people are just not any anytime TikTok comes off they scoff and look down on it um and so i, f I find it interesting but to wholly predictable mm -hmm. yes yes that is why our podcast is called too old for TikTok because we do, do believe no one is too old for TikTok. And of course, the stereotype is a lot of people pick up the app and just say, isn't that just dancing kids yeah. or dancing teenagers? You know, why would anyone over the age of 15 want to be on it? But obviously not. You know, you have an audience of, you know, 28,000 with, with gaming and streaming uh, and has nothing to do with dancing or a one trip challenge. So there's just different corners of the Internet, just like any other app or service. Let's talk about trends. Uh, you mentioned, you know, you kind of use TikTok uh, not to just look at gaming and streaming, but just to know what works. Do you use trends for inspiration, whether that's audio trends or, you know, there's a big trend going on with Nicki Minaj's song, the One Thing About Me song, something like that. How do you view those types of things? We dabble. Like if I, if I feel like a trend, like there's something that makes sense for us. Like we did, um, everyone did its corn, right? Yeah. Um, big one. And so when there's one, when there are ones that are undeniable, I do my best. If I do my best to try to tie in some publisher content with the trend, it's, it can be a little challenging, but it's generally like a low effort thing where it's like, okay, the model for this is already set up tons of people have already mm -hmm. done it you know we did yeah we did it's corn for our game metal hell singer we did the boys i'm better you know i'm stronger i'm i'm better i'm better right we right. did that we had a dare where you had to like do 10 in a row beat these bad guys you know use your shield to block 10 attacks in a row and it's like you're dominating this like minion that's kind of like brainless. So it's like that mm -hmm. was an e okay. Those make sense to pair together. And so when things, when new trends kind of pop up, I try to find a natural way to merge them with content that we have organically. And uh, it you know it does okay, and it doesn't cost anything. You know, it's we try to measure our time, but where there is a natural fit, it generally doesn't take long to put that sort of thing together. Let's uh, move on to our lightning round. So we have five questions at the end and uh, whatever comes to mind. All right, first question, are you too old for TikTok? Definitely not. <laughs> I'll be 36 yeah. in a couple of weeks. I am not too old for TikTok, we're killing it. Amazing. What's your number one piece of TikTok advice? I think this is kind of like a piece of counter advice. I hear a lot of people talking about needing to post frequently. And I think mm -hmm. that's BS. I think generally you need to take swings to figure out what works, but the algorithm isn't going to punish you if you're only posting, you know, once a day, three times a week, something like this. You know, we I strive to post more because I know that if I follow this certain structure, that we'll have success. We'll have more success if we post more, if we adhere to our quality standards. But I hear everybody talking about post three times a day, and I think you really sacrifice creating quality content if that's the thing that comes first. So I would always just put, figure out what works first before you emphasize quantity. Great. Another one of my questions was going to be bad advice from TikTok, so <laughs> that answers Sorry. that as well. <laughs> no, that's great. What's your piece of marketing advice for brands specifically? 
definitely i'd say two parts get into tiktok but if you're afraid find someone that knows so find someone that has some experience that's doing it well and then bring them in you know clue them in on what your brand is on what you're trying to achieve and marry uh you know someone that has some inside perspective as to how to make things work on tiktok with you know your brand goals what are some brands that you look to that just personally you love what they're doing on tiktok i like to i like seeing like netflix is pretty active on tiktok i see like espn i see some of the you see you know uh chipotle did its corn like they brought the kid in and he didn't want anything on his burrito and then they get to corn (laughs) and it pans up to him and you just have this like great i sometimes it's like that moment itself is incredible i'm not sure that chipotle is this brand that is killing it regularly but Mm -hmm. sometimes i see these videos and it's like oh what a good what a good job they did i think taco bell recently did a great one too and you can see who's committing and who is putting their accounts in the in in the right hands Mm -hmm. so yeah that handful i think is is doing a really good job yeah, I always I always go to Duolingo, who just does this incredible job, and Ryanair also. They just have the personalities of their brand down, and they are hilarious right. accounts. Yeah. All right, last question. So what's one thing you want people to know that they can't get through your social media TikTok presence? And we'll start with personal, I think, and then could go to the brand side. So what what would I like people to know about me? That they, mm-hmm. they wouldn't get through the TikTok channel. Yes. Jeez, that's a, that's a great question. Can I start with the brand question first? Yeah, absolutely. That personal one, it's, it might take a second to think about. But the yeah. uh, the brand one, I make it a point to not put the brand all over the content. You know, mm-hmm. we have the logo on that side there that's always there, and you can always hit the plus sign. I don't want to cover it with call to action at the open and at the close. And, you know, um, gaming very much has a punk-like counterculture. Nobody wants to be sold, generally. But especially in rock and roll, in video games, there's there's certain where it, it resonates at this really terrible level for audiences that if they think it's an ad, even if it's well done, uh, they're gone. So you have to be coming from a place of realness, organic presence. Like we're here all the time. We're always talking about games. And so that's why people like the content, stick around, comment. Uh, It'd be great to have more of a pitch to creators through our stuff that it's like, we're not just a place for fun content, I think is the brand answer. We're a place where you can grow. You can learn how to how to grow. You can use our platform to grow, and the people that kind of stick around and learn more about us, uh, you know, join our Discord, have conversations with us. They've had a lot of success. So I think that only a certain percentage of people are getting to that point, and I'd love to see that number that number go way way up. I guess that satisfies the brand question. Personally, I have no idea how to answer that question. <laughs> no worries. I I never yeah. I don't want to be the face of our social we're looking to bring bring our community more forward and feature more community members and i think you're going to start to see that uh more commonly on our our channel i was never thought of myself as the game show host but you know here we are (laughs) there you are yeah well amazing job everyone needs to go check out 
your channels and please plug them. Where can everyone find you and plug all the uh, social media? Yeah, so we're Dare Drops, D-A-R-E-D-R-O-P-S, both on TikTok and on Twitter. DareDrop.com, you can learn more about what we do if you are in the streaming space. You know, we do we do have like a drop right now that isn't just gaming related. We have one that's a Halloween drop where you like put, put on your, your uh, Halloween costume, you know, decorate your room, bake Halloween, you know, treats uh rank create a tier list for uh halloween movies or halloween candy you know so the just chatting uh subsection of twitch twitch is able to kind of get in on the on the action as well so we're, we're experimenting with all sorts of stuff i think daredrop.com is a good place to start amazing well thanks for taking the time to come on too old for tiktok and we will chat again soon. thank you so much thanks dina so much. thank you for having me